0: Life's a game, the world's a stage, and we are merely role players, where theatrical people play role playing games. I'm Matt Boothman, and I'm your compare for this main house production. Here on merely role players, we improvise stories for your entertainment and ours, and we use role playing games to keep the story going places even we can't see coming. Because as theatrical people, we're all about maximising the drama. This episode is part of our current Main House production, Vigil, Tourist Trap. In this production, we're playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat. So please take your seats in the Main House. Tonight's production is about to begin. Vigil. A role Roleplayer's Main House Production Tourist Trap, Act 5 of 5
1: I'm Helen Stratton and I play Melody, the Constructed. She owns Sherry Down's Cafe Come Record Shop and knows how to handle a tough customer. She's got a heart of gold, which just so happens to be second hand.
2: I'm Chris Buxy and I play Soft Softbinding, the expert. Calisterius, or Cal to his friends, is a noted horror writer living in Sherrydale. While researching his latest novel, he discovered that monsters were real. He also discovered that fighting monsters is an excellent way to procrastinate when he really should be writing.
0: My name's Chris McLennan and I'm playing Ed Kincaid, the professional. He's a disgraced MI5 agent who's been kicked down to a basement to investigate reports of ghosts and little green men and other things that definitely
3: don't exist. He just wants to file his report and go home.
4: I'm Ellen, and I play Jess Butterworth, the Spooky. Jess is a Sheridan local born and bred. A voice in the back of her mind keeps telling her she's bigger and better than this town. It's about time Jess showed Sheridan how badly it's underestimated her.
2: It's a gingerbread house, basically. Um, this is date to devour the unwary.
4: And if it is in town, I bet it's in that shop.
2: Maybe you could make some sort of bargain
0: with it. I bet it knows things. You're so right. Open up, open up, you swindlers. Would you like to complain to the manager? Damn right I do.
4: Are they gonna play? Will they tell us stuff?
0: All of this digital data flows through Kit and into you and you suddenly know things. The back of the shop and the counter where Charlie went through the door suddenly rush towards the windows. The shop turns inside out, a story-high hermit crab-like creature. Charlie Barlow lands and rolls, and he looks pretty injured. It swivels in place and takes off down the main street towards that vape shop that you imagined.
2: I'm not sure that's going to fit in the dungeon, guys.
3: Well, I don't think it's heading there, so I don't think that's much of a problem. (laughs) And uh, I leg it back towards the boot of the Morris, Grab, grab the shotgun out the back.
1: Have you got any rope in the back of the car?
3: I think uh, given that given that there is a live capture policy there must be something with which you might be able to.
1: <laughs> I like the idea that you've got like a little butterfly net in there as well yeah. because this is sometimes, not what you were sometimes
3: expecting it must have been
1: Exactly, exactly. Um I might just have to stand there and think because I've got a few things that I can do. And then I would shout to Ed once he's at the boot for car to chuck me some rope and catch that. And <laughs> there's so many things that I could do with it that would be really silly.
3: I think um, Ed's off down the street doing that uh, cool, well, what he believes looks like that cool slow mo shot in most uh, cop films near the end where they're running and putting the best, like the, the tactical bests on while sprinting towards
0: problem uh, this thing is moving at a pretty yeah. fast speed uh, you can see cobbles have come loose from the main street where it's sharp feet have dug in
1: okay so I'm going to be running after it now Cal has said that we're, we probably can't put it in the, in the library dungeon then capturing it seems like a bad call
2: we can't let this uh, roam around from shop to shop. The high street's in enough trouble already without this thing uh, um,
3: <laughs> destroying well, all the shops. giant
2: sentient crab shops. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to try and attack it then. I'm gonna have to try and kick some kick some ass. So it's got wires where its organs would be. I think I would like to take a sledgehammer to there. I'm gonna roll now.
0: Yeah, go for it. Roll plus tough.
1: So uh, let's try and get this right first time, shall we? My tough is plus two. Eight. I'm on ten.
0: Amazing. Yeah. So what does the... How much harm does the sledgehammer do?
1: (laughs) I'm laughing because it's good. It's three harm, hand, heavy, messy. (laughs) Everyone's favourite combination (laughs) of anything.
0: Great. And which... Extra option from the kick some ass move, would you like?
1: I'm gaining the advantage, please.
0: So I think what you do here is smash one of its legs.
1: Lovely. How many legs does it have? Eight. Oh. Has it got eight and pincers? Yep. Horrible. That's so rude. (laughs) So rude of it. Okay. How dare it.
0: Melody sprints after the, the fleeing tourist trap brandishing Bruce, wielding Bruce swinging mm-hmm. Bruce mm-hmm. and with pinpoint accuracy slams it into one of the back knees of this fleeing creature there's no sound it doesn't chitter, it doesn't make any noise but it flails from the tail, and one of its other back legs spears towards you in retaliation for three harm (laughs) oh dear not quite pinning you but scraping down the length of your body with this sharp foot okay and you did feel uh, some resistance from its uh, shiny black shell as you smashed it with the hammer it stops and skitters around in place again trying to pinpoint the threat it's now decided that if it's under attack, it should deal with that before getting into its new nest.
2: I think I'm going to try a bit of magic, a bit of offensive magic. Um, as I didn't get to do the ritual, I'm going to try and just um, something a lot more uh, straightforward. I'm just going to conjure a fireball and lob it directly at the crab. So what this looks like is, again, I sprinkle out a little bit of the uh, the nameless dust from my juju bag onto my hand rub my hands together they appear to sort of burst into flames and then I just heave this fireball at the crab Um, so I'm gonna roll uh, weird which is gonna be plus one and uh, an additional plus one for my preparedness in my mystical library so I'm now prepared to burn some crab Uh, (laughs) oh dear right five six seven Do you know what? I think I'm going to use a point of luck to turn this into a 12.
0: Okay, the effect goes off without a hitch.
2: Excellent, okay, so this um, huge uh, fireball it sort of grows as it leaves my hand, uh, straight up. My aim is good, it smacks straight into uh, where we think its face might be. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, stop being so shellfish! Uh, and that
0: is one harm ignore armor magic obvious (laughs) I think part of the obvious is that you blow out some other nearby shop windows okay uh, and a car alarm nearby starts going off
2: okay I can live
0: with that (laughs) along the high street shop proprietors are poking their heads out of their shops that they were in the middle of opening seeing what's going on and immediately poking back in again and taking shelter in their shops.
3: <laughs> turning signs to closed.
0: <laughs> yes, turning the signs to closed.
3: <laughs> Seeing Melody get hit, on, um, getting in there, assault rifle style, shooting at the bits of the legs, just moving towards it, going to try and drag Melody out of there while doing some damage to this thing. It, it seemed to work, whatever Melody did, even if it did piss it off. So <laughs> get it at burnt from a little bit. Further away.
0: (laughs) So uh, roll plus tough. Uh, That
3: is an eight.
0: So normally this would mean you do your damage to it and it does its damage to you, but you're a little further away and it can't actually reach you from where it is. So you're just going to deal your harm.
3: Uh, So that's uh, three harm.
0: Three harm, minus one for its armor. Where do you hit it? Do you smash another couple of legs?
3: I'm basically like aiming for the sort of joints of the legs where the clumped up sort of wiring is because that seemed to. Bring it down. I, w- I want it to not be able to move too well, because getting somebody out of the vicinity of it is worthwhile rather than just a, a minor stalling tactic. Yeah,
0: it flails again and raises its broken legs as best it can off the ground, so it's just standing on the the remaining uninjured ones, and starts moving in all of your direction. Claws out as if to scoop you all up in its way.
4: I think Jess has sort of been a bit in shell shock from the data dump on top of the car and has sort of staggered, maybe gone to her knees a little bit. She isn't necessarily aware that Melody's injured or anything. Um, And perhaps there's like a a moment where this influence sort of lifts and yes, she's got the information that she wanted, but maybe now she's realised what she's actually done which is give it an aim to go somewhere else so that we can no longer take it by surprise and she's gonna jump off the car reach into her bag and she's got her brother's old doom gun it's a nine millimeter she's tried to practice shooting it out in the woods by herself and she's gonna aim it between the pincers, where she thinks the face brain might be.
0: Go ahead, roll plus tough.
4: Oh, seven.
0: You get your shot off. What, how much damage does the pistol do? Uh, two. Okay, taken down to one by its armour. You hit it where you wanted to hit it. Okay. But it doesn't stop. The pistol doesn't have enough stopping power to stop a creature of this size from coming towards you, and it scoops you up in its pincer from the your perch on the top of the car.
3: No. Uh, Ed would like to try and jump up on the pincer if it comes anywhere near him.
0: Okay, Not between the snippy bits, ideally. Mm. On top. <laughs> do you want to try and make that a protect?
3: Uh, no, I think he wants to get on and do some damage.
0: Right. Okay. I mean, I
3: guess it was part, but I don't think that's his initial intention. That was my plan before she got grabbed. So I guess it's
0: not. Jess, you take three harm as you feel the pincer Ooh. bite into your midsection. Oh. <coughs> Ouch. Okay. And you're lifted off the ground. Your arms are free, right. but you are in the air, being held securely by this creature. Okay. Chris, uh, roll act under pressure. You're to damn right, I this, that Jump pressure. up onto this claw.
3: That's a nine, so I'm going to bottle one up, so it goes up to a ten for a full success. Is that right?
0: Yep, perfect. You've managed to avoid being pincered You're now standing on the joint, maybe one leg on each of the. Yeah, I'm like, looking
3: for anything similar to on the legs, but on the on the pincer arm, uh, and I'm yeah. just going gonna, to shotgun hanging at my side, I'm just going to just empty it into that, basically.
0: Yeah, the pincer arm definitely has uh, the same sorts of joints yeah. uh, that you can aim for, so roll plus tough. Uh,
3: it's
0: a nine. Okay. The shotgun goes off, blasts into the joint of this pincer. Does it whack you with the other pincer that's holding Jess, or is it that you blow this pincer you're standing on apart and therefore fall and hit the cobbles i think
3: the second one
0: okay you blast this pincer apart both of the hinged parts of it come away from the arm uh, in a shower of sparks and now left with nowhere to stand Kincaid falls and lands on the cobbles and bounces for one harm, ignore armor. Oh, not ignore armor. <laughs> I was like, it's fine. I could do this. I'm wearing armor. This
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> doesn't help when you hit the ground. Uh, but yeah, it's lost that claw now. Um, and it's looking, in fact, incredibly badly hurt. It is now starting to lurch from side to side in much the way that the small one in Amazement uh, Park did. It lurches to one side and smashes front of another shop you hear screams from inside staggers to the other side drunkenly
2: i'd like to uh draw my silver sword and attempt to sort of try and hack off the pincer arm that's holding uh jess
0: nice roll kick some ass okay
2: tough so uh this is plus zero uh five mark experience okay calisterius
0: comes swinging in with the silver sword at this pincer but with whatever sentences it's using it sees you coming and before you know it there's a leg spearing down towards you
1: oh my god you guys um (sighs) sorry i protect one of you right well jess has already got three harm so i'm gonna try (laughs) try and stop one of us having three harm um (sighs) I suppose it's just a case of me getting in my way and probably just blind virtually just blindly swinging
0: yeah you you could you could shoulder charge him out of the way you could just yell a warning as this as this leg is piercing down at him from behind
1: yeah okay i will just yeah
0: all right roll plus tough and you get plus one for your purpose being protection
1: nine
0: you protect them, okay, but you're going to take some or all of the harm.
1: I did decide it was. I think it's some of the harm, not all of the harm. What do you think? Because <laughs> <laughs> well, my intention was just to be, just to shut Cal behind you. I don't know if it would make sense for me to end up getting all of the harm.
0: <laughs> well argued. I think be- because of the role, I think it had to have been. There had to have been a physical element to this. You have to have been running. Okay. In. So. You yell and charge and Cal stops and the leg uh, does not pierce him. It doesn't fully pierce you either because it wasn't aiming for you. Okay. You're an extra element but it does still do two Mm. harm.
1: Okay. That puts me on five of seven, by the way, everyone.
0: Ooh, okay. So it comes down and it it staples your foot to the street.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I'll just detach that. I'm just going to leave, um, how much of it is it sensible to leave behind? Not a lot, obviously none, just step one I realise.
3: Well, can, I would have thought.
1: Okay, so I'm going to step away and I'm probably going to fall down and be pushing myself backwards while leg foot is trying to get itself free.
2: <laughs> well, Melody, thank you. <laughs> Are you okay?
1: What stupid question? Go and do something.
2: <laughs> sorry, sorry. Thank you.
3: Ed just sees the leg come off. Doesn't really know what he's seeing. From a distance and having just clattered to the cobbles, he thinks her leg's been ripped off. <laughs> and uh, he's up and on his feet and headed over there as guns blazing as he could possibly be. Uh, is Jess still in the pincer?
4: I'm still here. Yeah,
3: okay. In that case, he's just walking
0: towards the pincer and, and blasted Right, roll plus tough.
4: Please mind the jest. Uh,
0: it's twelve. <laughs> nice. So, which extra benefit from kicks and ass would you like?
3: Inflict terrible harm. I think. Nice. Uh, it's assault rifle again. Now, uh, it's uh, three harm.
0: Three harm plus it in- terrible harm makes it four. Tell us how you take this thing down
3: uh, i mean i think it's pretty blind fire i think he's just walking just firing at this pincer like and just reloading and firing and reloading and firing because it i think he thinks uh melody's done for and uh it's sort of a, a white rage but yeah i figure the pincer breaks off at some point and uh falls to the ground which is probably not great for jess but yeah i think it would break her fall somewhat at least but then i think just the, the creature starts, like it, like it has been when it's taken wings before, just sort of staggering around and just trying to take sort of swipes at whatever it can, but they're sort of half-hearted at this point as it sort of just winds down and after a few seconds of stillness, just put, like its body just plummets into the cobblestones and uh, it just sort of sinks.
0: A lot of its body just starts to puddle like the smaller one did before, but the hard carapace of the legs seems to stay solid, but the bundles of wiring that form its muscles just start to sort of split and fray and spin apart. So the end result is it, it looks like there's been some sort of like industrial accident on Market Street there is a spill of some weird-looking goo and there are these mechanical-looking bits of metal and wiring scattered about melody your removed leg is free Lovely. the staggering around of the of the crab in its death throes unpinned it from the from the street but uh, melody your wounds are not going to heal by themselves Charlie Barlow is also still lying in front of the shattered previous shopfront nest of the creature, slowly trying to drag himself
2: towards Melody's. Do I know sort of the deal with Melody? Can I, can I attempt the, the sort of magic to heal her? I think probably not. I'm guessing I'll sort of run over and realise, okay, your leg's off. She's got a leg off, but... Um...
1: <laughs> There's no blood.
2: Right, noted. You've got a leg off. Just yeah. that down. But I can clearly see it's, you know, not a normal injury. I know that there's something up. So I just look at Melody and go, uh, wow, OK, that looks like enough to make anybody crabby. Are you OK?
1: God. Enough with the jokes. Just help, help me get back in the cafe, will you?
2: Sorry, it's how I deal with stress. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, shall I pick up you or the leg?
1: You pick me up. The leg will follow.
2: OK, right, great. <laughs>
1: we'll talk about that later.
2: I get Melody's arm around my shoulder and sort of help her over into the back into her cafe.
1: Well, I don't, I don't know how far we are because I felt like the creature ran fast and therefore I thought far, but then, yeah, I just don't know how far away we are now.
0: It's probably it's it's a it's a bit of a hobble. Okay. Like it's not it's not just it's not just next door, but you can definitely make it now that there isn't a, an immediate threat.
3: I think I'm sort of collecting himself as he's uh, mentally head down the street with Cal and he's just making to follow when the leg comes past him. <laughs> um, I, think, I think he'd just pass out <laughs> <laughs> in front of this giant crab wreck.
4: <laughs> it's just too much.
0: And Jess, as you disentangle yourself from this claw that's no longer holding you quite so uh, hard, what do you do?
4: Um, I think I'm going to see that Melody's being looked after, and I'm going to make a beeline for Charlie on the floor outside the shop. Um, you know, I can go at a fair pace. I'm not too injured. So I kind of stumble along behind everyone, but stop at Charlie.
0: Charlie needs an ambulance.
4: Right. I'm going to call him an ambulance immediately.
0: Jess, can you can you open park tomorrow...
4: Charlie, don't worry about the part right now, okay? The part's going to be fine. You just, you just concentrate on staying nice and still for me, all right?
0: Sheridan is twinned with Waterdeep. City of Splendours. Right now in Waterdeep, the Great Game is afoot. Plan your trip to this bustling metropolis now, and you could be in with a chance to grab the biggest hoard of gold ever gathered in all the realms. Sheridan Town Council does not recommend planning an actual trip to bustling Waterdeep during the Great Game. The Great Game has a high mortality rate, and anyone visiting Waterdeep during this season does so at their own risk. As a a safe alternative, the council recommends becoming a patron of our town's favourite great game contestants, the Waterdeep Mallrats. Your support could mean everything to these plucky heroes of the Dock Ward. Literally, your influence could mean the difference between rescue and betrayal, between a daring heist succeeding or failing, between the Mallrats winning the prize, or losing everything. Enjoy the beautiful but dangerous city of Waterdeep from a safe distance Mondays at 7pm UTC plus 1 on twitch.tv slash sabotage the DM
4: Hello everyone and welcome to the Waterdeep Mall Rats Dragon Heist podcast And as she's like crossing over, she's like pulling out an empty jar, just like, yes, I want you. I want to study you so
1: hard.
0: This audio is taken directly from our live stream, which you can see on twitch.tv forward slash sabotage the DM on Mondays at 7pm in the UK or 11am Pacific Standard Time. You know what we used to do when we were fighting and we were scared? We used to smoke. (laughs) Here you go. How does that taste? Our adventure will be played by a cast of immersive actors. Dan Berman, Pops the Goblin Monk. Gabrielle McPherson, Oshie Sota, the Pure Pureblood Rogue. Rob Thompson, Big Fetch, the Warforged Barbarian.
4: And Evie James, Baggy the Half-Ork Artificer.
0: She's going to try and steal it all off the table as much as she can get. And <laughs> then run, okay? Towards Shit <laughs> Street. Ready? Oh, she's pissed. We will join our adventurers as they move from their homes on Blackstar Lane in the Dock Ward and attempt to climb into the higher echelons of Waterdeep society
4: to join what is known as the Great Game or the Neverember Enigma in search of hundreds of thousands of stolen gold coins hidden somewhere in the city.
0: I don't know. What is is it with pups and shit, man? (laughs) All right, loveys. It's me, Matt, your compere, asking you to please make sure you return to the correct seat after this final interval of the production. First, let's take a look through the programme, shall we? As you already know, this is the final act of Vigil Tourist Trap. Next week, we'll head backstage for a post-show discussion with the cast, to wrap up the production. Then, as usual, we're closing the main house and opening up the studio that production will be the first nova a star fantasy in three acts we'll follow the ragtag crew of the mustang sally as they explore the wreck of the legendary starship trinary noon the wreck contains secrets some say could turn the tide against the oppressive mandate that rules the galaxy but our heroes might have just led the mandate right to it. We'll be playing Galactic, a role-playing game by Riley Rathal, inspired by Star Wars and focused on interpersonal relationships, i.e. drama, i.e. everything we like here on Merely Roleplayers. Galactic uses a system created by Avery Alder, sometimes called Belonging Outside Belonging, and sometimes called No Dice, No Masters. As that name suggests, it doesn't use dice or any kind of randomness, and doesn't have a game master role, which means I get to play a character in this one. He's got four arms! And feathers! You might have heard Josh, Strat, Nat and I playing a Belonging Outside Belonging game before. We played Away" by J Dragon when we appeared as guests on the What Am My Rolling podcast in 2020. In case you missed it back then, I'll link to those episodes in the program notes. We had a great time as guests of Fiona, the host of What Am I Rolling? And now it's our turn to play host, because Fiona's joining us for the first Nova, playing a genius mechanic and ace pilot. The first Nova will also feature a new addition to our regular cast, Marta de Silva. Marta makes her Merely Roleplayer's debut as a capable ex-member of the Mandate, trying to find their place in the galaxy. I'm really pleased with this production. There's something about a well-written Belonging Outside Belonging game that can't fail to bring out the big emotional moments. You're not going to want to miss this one. Steering gently back to our seats and back to the production at hand, though, I hope you've enjoyed Taurus Trap and that you'll side-eye the next tacky souvenir shop you spot on your local high street. Now that all five acts are out, it's the perfect time to tell a friend you enjoyed it, and encourage them to binge the whole thing. Or, if you prefer, you could tell multiple strangers, by leaving us a five-star rating and a few nice words on Podchaser or Apple Podcasts. As far as I'm aware, the last time someone left us a review was April 2020, and I'd love to get at least one review in 2021. It could be you. First, though, of course, you'll want to know how this story ends. So please take your seats once again in the main house for the conclusion of Vigil Tourist Trap. melody cal helps you into the shop you can feel that the injuries that you've sustained obviously you're you're on one leg at the moment your other leg is crawling along the street also towards the shop behind you to to join the rest of you of course and you you know that the the injuries that you've sustained are serious enough that they will get worse before they get better Unless you expose yourself to the the force that animates your form, uh, in in quite a large concentration.
1: I think the first thing I would want to do would be to reattach my leg. And I haven't really thought about how how that works, particularly other than like like a popping it back on situation. But that doesn't fit with me being sufficiently injured. Uh, maybe I can attach it, but it still doesn't work so great
0: yeah or or maybe you you can get it positioned but it won't take like it won't it won't adhere until uh that that animating force is running back through you again
1: that works that makes sense okay so then uh (laughs) i think the most efficient way for melody to do this is go into the music shop Part of the establishment and play multiple records on different players at the same time and set the tape there's two or three tape players as well she likes tapes um put those on and then put them all really loud and lie on the floor
0: when you get into the shop do you just sort of immediately go off and start doing all of this stuff? Or do you kind of direct Cal to help you with anything? No, I think
1: I would just do it. I think um, I think Cal's going to ask too many questions <laughs> and it's not going to even occur to me that I should provide some sort of explanation. Just getting on with it.
2: Cal sort of walks over a bit gingerly and says, uh, would it help if I sung that song about the knee bone being connected to the thigh bone? <laughs>
1: it's it is i don't think it's gonna hurt but how is your singing uh
2: not very good could it cause more damage potentially if i'm not <laughs> a good singer <laughs> Please no, do it.
1: um it can't cause more damage i'll be quite all right with what i've got um so it's up to you
2: okay and then i think Carl's just gonna sort of sit in the corner humming gently to himself and just watching uh what's happening
0: <laughs> jess and ed from outside, from on the street, you hear this weird medley coming from melodies of several different random records, the first things that Melody could find in the racks, all playing at yeah, once.
3: Like generous, a generous description of what would happen if you put on record players and change your ones. I think that's enough to bring Ed around from his uh, recent painting, Escapade.
0: Yeah, there is an alarm clock sort of quality to the sound.
3: Yeah, it's a phasing, horrible (laughs) night. Oh, fucking jazz. I hate jazz. (laughs) Starts to clamber to his feet.
4: I think Jess is... She's just watching the ambulance drive off with Charlie, who hopefully is going to be okay. And this noise starts behind her. She turns around and makes eye contact with Ed. (laughs) <laughs> needs to find out what Earth is going on. She thinks, oh God, it's not
0: another bloody monster.
3: What is the state of the street currently, like crab detritus-wise?
0: So there is miscellaneous sort of metallic debris that formed part of its shell and part of its legs, uh, which looks like kind of maybe... It looks kind of like car wreckage. Um, a lot of the cobbled street... Is, is pitted with small craters where its legs have dug in and many of the local shop fronts are smashed.
3: And the bits of like shop or car or whatever that were making it up, do they now look like bits of shop and car? Or are they like, did, they, did the bits of, just try to sort of form into crab bits or were they like plating?
0: Uh, they, they were part of the creature, but they, they were metal rather than anything organic yeah. so i don't know i don't know whether it formed those from like the industrial bits in the back of the shop front it was inhabiting
3: think gets just trying to pick over in his mind what he's what he's gonna have to tell people <laughs> he's got on here if we can make out that most of the debris is from like an explosion or something like that, then that's that's better than crab. It's one step up from crab.
0: <laughs> yeah, like framing this scene in your mind, yeah. thinking like if this was on the front page, what would it look, What would they be saying? <laughs>
3: yeah, it is. What it look like? That's what he does. He cuts a picture out of a nearby newspaper. He finds an bench and holds it up. So there's a gap around the scene. <laughs> he goes, right. I think that's
0: about. Helen, do you have an idea in your head of what it might feel like to Melody as she's she's surrounded by this nice analogue music, the exact kind of music that she wants and needs, as that starts to like flow through her, reanimate, knit her back together?
1: Um, Like the bad kind of pins of needles that mm. hurt slightly, where it's really having to mesh and work, and then just like more regular pins and needles where it's just charging i think maybe from lying on my floor and cal sat there rocking backwards and forwards or singing or whatever whatever coping cal's oh. trying to do i'll be like cal yes thanks cal
2: that's okay time. So,
0: cleanup, aftermath, this is a chance to get into, like, what what are MI5's actual responsibilities in a situation like this, or, or your unit of MI5? How much of the cleanup is your responsibility, and how much of it is just you need to phone it in to somebody, let them know that something has happened, and then wash your hands of it? I think I
3: need to phone it in. I don't think anything to this magnitude has happened before that requires this much. Like, normally I'd be able to sort it, report something, and be done with it. Whereas this is probably gonna need a bit more of a presence on the scene. So I think they're probably gonna be as surprised about having to do anything for this department as I am about having to make the call.
0: So there's a there's a number in your phone that you haven't had to dial in a while, or maybe maybe have never dialed because you're so good at explaining every situation away to yourself as not being supernatural.
3: Often also in the past, I think they've been supernatural things, but they've not been like wrecking a town. It's been like something weird going on and a couple of people have experienced something, you know, peripheral to it. Whereas this is a bit more like uh, might, uh, might have to call the call the wolf.
0: So we know from your character creation that you have hostile superiors. There are people above you in MI5 who do not like you, and that's why you're on this detail in the first place. How how long after Kincaid woke up in the street uh, is this? And where is Kincaid when he makes this call?
3: I think he would uh, head down somewhere, like, away from town a bit. Is there a lake? Lake or a river?
0: Sure. Yeah, let's have a lake. Lake, reservoir, something like that. Why not?
3: Oh, reservoir. I like reservoir.
0: Yeah, reservoir. It's sunny yet windy. And so you, sort of the, the wind... Stirs Kincaid's suit jacket as he dials this number that he rarely dials. The person on the other end picks up and says nothing. You you hear that the line is connected, but they're waiting for you to speak.
3: Never thought I'd say this, but I think uh, I think we might have some work to do. Are you there, Kincaid?
1: You're not supposed to use this number except
3: circumstances, you know that. Well, do you think I want to talk to you? I think there's pretty exceptional circumstances. Explain then, make it quick. Okay, well, quick. Uh, giant shopfront crab monsters terrify small towns. He looks down at the, the little figurine and goes I've, I've got something
0: roll deal with the agency which is a professional move that is a roll plus shop uh
3: it's gonna that's a 10 to 11.
0: so that means that you're good if we could characterize this as a slip up it goes unnoticed uh whatever it is that you need to request to make a success of this scene, uh, is okayed. As long as it's just this once,
3: don't make a habit of it. What do you need? Clean up, mainly, I think. I don't think I'm going to be able to keep this under wraps all by myself. There's a, we've got goo, we've got debris, we've got many witnesses, and a, a potentially volatile... And he looks back down at the figurine. Situation. The team is on the way. Make it snappy. The crowds are starting to form, and don't think the old swamp gas off of Venus trick's going to cut it this time. Don't push
0: it, up, Kincaid. You can't order me about. You hangs up.
3: He looks at the reservoir. Looks at the figurine. Considers it, and then just puts it in the jacket pocket and heads back towards the morris i think he'll head back to the to the b&b and uh have a sit and a think and gather his things his, his ghost. i don't think he gets to i don't think he probably gets to leave if he's called a team in i think he probably has to be there
0: you've had to do more monster hunting than you than you like to do which is any and also you thought you'd be out of this town yesterday evening and you're still here
3: yeah and he's rel- I think he's rel- reluctant to sort of go about doing much in case it escalates any further. I think he basically was to keep an eye on this thing, make sure it doesn't take over anything else or him, steal his identity. He doesn't pay for anything on a card or using his mobile.
0: It's hard to be Kincaid.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a few days later. It's a quiet afternoon at the Duck and Parsnip, and Jess is taking a shift behind the bar when Cal walks in.
2: Hi, Jess. Uh, Just a pint of the usual, please.
4: right, Cal, coming up.
2: So, uh, I don't know if you've reached the same conclusion as I have, but, and then I sort of take out... uh, an old leather-bound sort of small notebook from my pocket and just put it down on the bar between us. Um, And it's titled uh, Rituals of the Order of the Endless Night. I thought we were both out, but seeing that they already said they were going to do something like that, I don't know, this just seems a bit of a coincidence even for Sherry Down.
4: Right. What, you think... And she lowers her voice and just checks over her shoulder. Well, you think all that, you know, crab stuff was, was them lot?
2: Well, they, they said they were going places. They said they wanted to do something big. Um, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I left because they just wouldn't listen to what I wanted to do. But you know, I, I was never one for giant crab monsters, and uh, I don't know this. This just seems
4: I never thought they'd actually do something though. I thought it was all just chat. But you think you think it might be them? Bloody hell.
2: Well, I don't know who else it would be, you know. If 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 it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, then I guess it's a giant crab monster. It's
4: probably a giant crab monster, yes. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was gonna say. I best look into that then.
2: I think uh, I think we should keep our eyes open and our ears to the ground.
4: I don't want to rejoin that group, though.
2: Uh, oh no, absolutely not! Load of um, old
4: busybodies.
2: Yeah, for a start, they won't listen to me. But um, they won't listen to my expertise. But no,
4: I know you said.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I've, I've said several times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but okay, we've we've just got to keep our wits about us.
4: Let's let's talk around, see see what we hear.
2: Okay, good idea.
4: And Good we'd idea. bloody angry if it was them.
2: Mm. Uh, me too. Me too. Um I think I might get their uh, tattoo removed.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I did forget about that, and she plonks his pike down. That was an odd choice. That was <laughs> a very odd choice, Cal. Well
2: yeah, it would uh, I, I thought it would give me um give me certain powers, but um it, it just gave me a rash.
4: Mm. And they still didn't listen to you after that, did they?
2: No, no, you live and learn. No, bastards. And uh, I just take a a sip off the pint and slip into a sullen silence, brooding.
4: Jess sort of just looks at him, just sort of nods a bit, like taps the bar and moves on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sitting at the next bar stool uh, next to Cal, unseen by Cal, is Kit. And Kit is also looking through a small leather-bound journal over the past couple of days jess will have seen kit sort of manifesting this book as a way of explaining or 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 a way of interacting with all of the information that the two of you took from the creature
4: Mm. jess clocks him but doesn't want to stand staring at him so she just picks up a a pint glass and a a cloth and and stands sort of so he's in her peripheral and just cleans the the glass and and speaks to him. In her mind (laughs) (laughs) How how's it going, Kit?
0: Well it's there's a lot of it. Yeah? Most of it's pretty boring. Really? Well it's just stuff, isn't it? It's just whatever people had In their bank accounts and on their phones. I mean, some of it's interesting, don't get me wrong. I'm looking through, finding the juicy bits.
4: I hoped it was going to be something juicy and interesting. Otherwise, what the hell did we do that for?
3: Well,
0: the way I see it, we've got a couple of things we could do. We know all these people's info. I mean, yours, your dad's, Charlie's. We could help them reconstruct all the stuff that it hoovered up out of them. Yeah. We could help them with their, you know, proving stuff to the bank because we can supply their account numbers that they can't remember and have disappeared off their statements and all of those kinds of things to prove who they are and that could really help them.
4: Yeah, I mean, I could get some better shifts out of it. I mean, if we could come up for a reason why I had all their information.
0: (laughs) Well, I was going to say, you have to to know there was an awe coming. Right. Oh, go on. Well, we know stuff about all these people. And, you know, some of them you and I are are pretty mad at. Your dad shouted at
3: you.
0: Mm. Charlie was a shit you know, always giving you the bad shifts, wanted you to open up even after... What, what, where does he get off still being concerned about the, the park after he's just got gnashed up by that thing? Oh, man's a loser, isn't he? First thing on his mind is, what can we get Jess to do?
4: For God's sake. I mean, I'm totally unappreciated by him. He has no idea how hard I work.
0: Exactly. You are worth more than any of them. <laughs> You're better than all of them. And... We've got tools that we could use to prove it.
4: Right. Oh, I don't know, Kit.
0: You have a think. And if you need to ask, if you need to bounce any ideas, I'm here. There is just one other thing. And I bet you've noticed it. What? All of the stuff it was hoovering up. All of the numbers and the pictures and the data and the usernames and blah, 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 blah. It was all... It's, it's food to that thing, right? hmm And you know, some foods tastier than other food. Right. Have you noticed there's a pattern to the things it found the tastiest?
4: Uh, and she's going to sort of bluster a bit. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, I thought there was something. Go on, wh- wh- what is it that you see?
0: It's it's our friend melody, isn't it?
4: And just sort of starts a bit. It's not what she was expecting, and she looks at him. What what about her?
0: Kit shows you the the book, like flicks through the pages, and one of the pages, like it appears to be paper as as they're flicking through it, but the pages that it opens at, you see. A photo as if on a mobile phone screen just sort mm. of planted there on the page it's a it's a selfie someone's taken in melodies they're holding up a an album cover and melody is just visible in the back corner by the checkout and kit flips through a few more pages and opens on a bank statement which sort of unfolds from the page as you're looking at it and it's sort of like it's on the page, but it's also in your own memory. Mm-hmm. And Jess knows that there is a transaction in on this bank statement that took place in Melody's shop and you sort of feel the connections in your memory from the data dump leading from that to records of ownership to Melody herself. And Kit says, anything, anything to do with her, it really like the taste of. Oh my god.
4: I... I'm going to have to talk to her about this. I'm going to have
0: to. Could be important information, so just just make sure you don't give it away for free, right?
4: Um... Yeah, I know, Kit, and I know, and I do agree, and thank you, you, but it's it's Melody, right? right? It's Melody, i got to tell her. Like... She would for me, so,
0: yeah, she's different. Yeah, sure, of course she would.
4: Well, yeah. All right, Kit. Thanks.
0: And curtain. That's our story. Thank you, everybody. Vigil, a main house production from Merely Roleplayers. It stars Ellen Gould as Jess Butterworth, Chris McLennan as Ed Kincaid, Helen Stratton as Melody, and Chris Buxey as Calisteria Softbinding. Sound design for this production is by Natalie Winter, and the theme music is by Alexander Pankhurst. I'm Matt Boothman, and I play the supporting cast, as well as editing and producing the episode. We were playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat Productions. You can find Monster of the Week at genericgames.co.nz Merely Roleplayers is a Foggy Outline production in association with Blackshaw Theatre Company. Until next time, if drama be the food of life, play on! Shall we name the person that, has, that you have to phone about this?
3: Yeah, I guess so. This is someone who, for whatever reason, set, basically created this department to house me. <laughs> because It because was too much of a think. public to do to fire me, and they could just stick me in the basement answering calls from quacks. So could they're they not expecting a,
2: any actual monsters, I don't think. Could they just have a one-letter code name? Yes. <laughs> That's what we need. <laughs>
1: So which is the most shit letter
2: yeah
0: uh Y is pretty bad
3: yeah. <laughs> why the 24 yeah. previous leaders of the department yeah.
4: <laughs> I just love that you'd have to pick up the phone to them and go hello why why yeah. <laughs> thanks why <laughs>
3: why
1: I, I feel Here's
0: like for that as well are you <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I really like that suggestion of it being you, just because hello, you, (laughs) is a little bit... It's like darling. There's shades of darling to it that I really enjoy.
4: Hello, you. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely.
0: Okay, let's do that.